that was me taking a very big swig of five o'clock wine because all I can say is stand by to be stunned. Lois and Clark is our jam. We're talking about Terry D and Superman. We'll cover it all, at least we'll do what we can. And now it's time for the show. Welcome back to Lois and Clark, the new podcast of Superman. I'm Matt Truex, and I am joined by a new guest to our side of Metropolis today, uh, Miss Trisha Ennis. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing great. I am so thrilled to have you here. Um, We met kind of through mutual friend Zach Moore. I heard you on uh, Always Hold On to Smallville and was just like, this woman is amazing. Like, she sounds so cool <laughs> and has a lot of opinions about, uh, about Superman and Lois Lane in general. Yes. And then I found out that you're a Lois and Clark fan. So, yes. sorry to say, you got the nod. Um, sorry to say, way to sell your own podcast. Here, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, Trisha, new to the show, like, could, could you tell us about yourself and then also your your like love of the fandom dc okay. in general whatever sure um i mean that there's a bit of a long story there so i'll give you the cliff notes Go, version, but just that's all right just to all right so we'll start with a little bit about myself so i am a journalist and uh, occasional pop culture writer and scholar um and i have I writ- i've written previously for a few different publications um all on the internet um and my biggest one has been um sci-fi fangirls which has unfortunately shuttered uh, in the last year, but it was a it was a really great time, and they gave me the opportunity to write about a ton of stuff, including um, a several different pieces about my love of Lois Lane, and a whole lot more about my love of DC in general. Some incredible stuff there, by the way. People <laughs> check it out after the show. <laughs> yeah, if you're a big fan of Lois Lane, um, my very first piece that I wrote for them was actually sort of the history of the character and the way that they evolved the character alongside and sometimes in opposition to the way um, women in, in journalism are actually living. Um, so I, I love Lois Lane, and I have loved her for a very long time, even before I read the comics. Um, like, Lois and Clark was actually probably my introduction to Superman and Lois Lane, um, because it was, came on originally when I was a very little kid, and I know my dad would watch it, yep. and so I had seen it when it was on the air, but not intentionally. <laughs> <laughs> like, it yep, was, fair. It was okay. on. It, uh, it was there. It was on, and pretty. I was I was aware of it. Um, yep. It was flashy and weird, and I didn't really understand what was going on. But um, you know, it was Superman, and I knew what Superman was, or at least I learned what <laughs> Superman was. And you know, so so this is my first you know real version of of both yeah. of these characters, and you know, an enduring one certainly. Um, so yeah, I I love basically all things DC, with some exception to the current DC extended universe. Um, <laughs> We sound very much aligned. Uh, like this, <laughs> this show was my intro to Superman and and Lois, and like the kind of gateway into the DC universe in general. Like for a while, if it didn't happen to Dean Cain and Terry Hatcher, like it didn't happen. It wasn't Superman, you know. Like I, I knew right. nothing about this. Yeah. Uh, but then, then Smallville happened. And I was like, oh, I get, well, I guess this could have happened too. That's fine. Um, <laughs> but but that's awesome, and and that I love that. It's it's rare, honestly, that that people know the show anymore and it's rarer still that people our age know the show. So I'm just That's thrilled fair. when, when people had kind of the same 
whether it was on in the background or like I found it from like the TNT reruns where mm -hmm. I was just like, what is this crazy show about Superman? You know, like that type yeah. of thing. Yeah, um, I, had no, awesome. I had no recollection of the show. Like I, I knew Superman and, and Lois and I knew Terry Hatcher and Dean Cain. And like, mm -hmm. I remember the second Jimmy, um, <laughs> not the first one. Cause I, I didn't even realize there had been a first one until I had rewatched the show when I was older. And um, you know, so all that stuff. And I, I remember all of those things but I couldn't remember, like, any plot lines, like, at all until I actually sat down and watched it as an adult. So how many times have you, like, watched through the series? The whole series all the way through, I've only actually done once. Uh, okay. But I'd, I'd seen other episodes here and there um, in, different, in different places, and, like, I remember a lot of it now. Um, mm -hmm. But I had mostly, like, I had seen it occasionally by accident, like, when it was on the living room, and then I think <laughs> I also watched the, the TNT reruns because there was a time in like middle school where I just kept getting up earlier to watch different things that were rerunning <laughs> on TNT. So like that was my intro to angel and my intro to oh, ER same, to total same. Yep. Yeah. So it was just like, Oh, we have life. a lot. There's a Venn diagram where we <laughs> sit together. Okay. I would like wake up just a little bit before, you know, 8am to watch charmed or something. And it was like, Oh, mm -hmm. the last five minutes of angel. Obviously I have to get up at seven now because <laughs> this weird show about vampires. This looks cool. cool. Yeah, but exactly. So there were always like these giant chunks of these shows that I had never seen because I would go back to school in the fall and I wouldn't be able to wake up at early in the morning and watch TNT on a Tuesday. Fair. So yeah, that, I think it was a lot of the same. Like, so there were certain things that I remembered, but huge things that I just totally forgot. That so is so funny that TNT was the gateway drug for the two of us for all these shows. Cause it was totally <laughs> so what, shows. it was just like, you know, like charmed eases you into the supernatural show. And then it you're does. like, Ooh, Angel looks edgy. Let's do that. You know, like that looks cool. It's like a dark version of this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Charms it's the burger, sad. but that's the steak. That's the, yeah, that's, that's that good stuff. Yeah. And it was like, so during the summer, every single day during the summer, I was getting up at like 6.45 so that I could watch Angel. Insane. Well, I am, I am so happy to have you here for, for an auspicious day here at Lois and Clark. Oh, yes. Uh, it's been, it's been years in our making as a podcast, um, We've gotten to the wedding. We've gotten to wedding one here, the everybody. Wedding. The wedding yeah. with air quotes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wedding the first. Um, I've covered this uh, kind of series of episodes before in just kind of like a dead run um, at the start of quarantine, like just like kind of looking at the arc in general. Mm -hmm. um, I thankfully did not go back and listen to anything I said there because I didn't want to be like in my head about like, yeah. oh, no, say something new, you idiot. You know, like that type of thing. Right. Um, but uh, so listeners, if you haven't listened to that in the recent past, uh, don't and just stick with us today because we are covering Now Pronounce You and Double Jeopardy tonight because frankly, there's a lot to discuss in both of these episodes, but I kind of can't take one of them without the other. Yeah. And then you really need time to dissect seconds, uh, which will be next, next week. Um, but uh, let's jump into it. I Now Pronounce You aired February 11th, 1996, and the following week, February 18th, was Double Jeopardy. We've got some, some returning people here writing and directing. Most notably for Double Jeopardy, we've got Eugenie Ross Lemming and Brad Buckner coming back to write. Um, these guys, you know, kind of ran the show <laughs> into the ground, ultimately, but were, were key, key creatives uh, in those uh, final two seasons of the show. Um, We've got some conspiracy stuff to talk about, Tricia, if you okay. don't mind. Let, let me okay. lay this on you, and right. I'd love your opinion. 
Um, and to refresh you, I made you watch these two episodes. Mm -hmm. But this whole arc is, I now pronounce you, double jeopardy, seconds, which then is like the death of Lex Luthor, forget-me-not, the start of Lois having amnesia, and Oedipus Rex, the finale of Lois having amnesia, where they just end not married, but she's like, you know, kind of back in her wits and understands what's going on again. It is, it is such a dirge of an arc here. Mm -hmm. But originally announced for this season uh, during uh, sweeps, they had scheduled three episodes. It happened all night, double jeopardy, and memory lane. The thought is that it was either A, going to be a real wedding and there was going to be some hijinks, but then they would be married at the end and Lois would remember. Or at the very least, they weren't going to drag this out into five episodes. It was going to be three episodes and kind of more, more consolidated and land them in a more solid place. Um, but it was ABC that uh, asked for the arc to continue that wanted amnesia that like really kind of wanted to milk this for all it's worth for all the soap operiness of it they wanted um, to draw it out for sweeps yes exactly uh and as as a reporter that currently works if i'm not mistaken for an abc affiliate how, yeah. how does that strike you <laughs> uh i'm not surprised yeah in in the slightest i mean okay i don't know how it works in the in the network tv world but sweeps is becoming less of a thing sure so I think networks are feeling less um, less inclined to need this kind of lead-in to whatever you know, whatever they need. And I, I'm not surprised that the the network was like, "Hey, so you've got a you've got this this thing. Go sweeps is actually like it's like four, five, five weeks. Can can you do mm -hmm. it longer? Because we want people to keep watching, and we're afraid that if you uh, end it and it's all happy, they won't tune in next week. <laughs> so that like I can definitely see a network coming in and being like, "No, we we need you to draw this out longer." So yeah. Go ahead, do that, and make it bad. The, it, that's <laughs> very interesting. Um, also interesting are how the ratings went for mm -hmm. these episodes, which I like. I don't. I'm so sorry, Trish. That's I'm going to keep you in suspense till you listen to the episodes. Like, I'm, I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but like, this is the beginning of the end for this show's ratings. I now pronounce you gets near a series high of 21.2 million. Obviously, the next week, Double Jeopardy we lose 2 million. We're, we're down to 19.8. And all I'll say for now is we keep going lower. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I understand why it would be a series high for I Now Pronounce You because you know they promote the hell out of It's the Absolutely. Wedding. And then for them to what? pull a bait and switch. It, like, not fair at all. One no. of the original promos for the wedding, too, was like uh, close-ups of invites for other like infamous marriages. Um, like Michael Jackson and Lisa Marie and uh, Princess Di and Prince Charles, you know, like all, yeah. and then it was like Lois and Clark. So like there were definitely hints that like this is not gonna go well. And anyone that's watched the show is just like I don't, I don't think it's gonna be a nice day in Metropolis for these two people. Um, but it's interesting. It's also interesting to me that like the idea of um, Clark marrying a clone is not necessarily an original idea for the show. Um, which I've discovered more and more like doing this podcast that like a lot of these crazy ideas that I've thought of were like Silver Age ideas or, mm -hmm. you know, like they came up with in the 70s or like some version of it. Um, this idea dates back to um, a paperback published in 1993 um, that has a story called I Now Pronounce You Superman and Wife, 
uh, where he had unknowingly married a clone. Uh, by the way, I am getting this all from redboots.net articles from back in the day. So everybody, I will link to that when it's up. But it's just, it's amazing um, that this show is kind of pulling from that type of thing. And, and you know, like when I started doing this podcast, I did it because this show has just seemed so crazy to me. Like all this stuff, we've got yeah. Terry Hatcher sucking down frogs in these episodes here. Uh, but it is cool that they kind of like reach back into that. Like when you watch this show, not necessarily these episodes, but but having looked at, um, especially the history of Lois Lane, like you have, like, do you see that kind of heritage in here, or does this feel like a completely different kind of entry? Um, I I mean, it feels like a different entry um, to some degree, and I feel mm-hmm. like it's this weird combination of like '90s Lois Lane in Silver Age stories. Uh, because so Fair. much, so much That's of these stories, yeah. uh, Double Jeopardy especially, honestly, struck me as like a Silver Age story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these these weird things that happen for no reason and they're one issue and they're done. Um, and even if it was a continuation of the previous story, it's just such, a, this is such a bizarre arc. But um, but yeah, I mean, the Superman marrying a clone, it's not surprising to me that that was pulled out of, you know, something else. Um, you know, it's also not the only time that a hero in DC Comics marries a clone. Um, it doesn't happen before this. It happens after this. But the original wedding of uh, Dinah Lance and Oliver Queen was she married a clone who tried to kill her really? on their wedding night. Yes. I, had, I have that issue. Just... Told me that was amazing. I, I had no idea. Yeah, the issue because it was so the the wedding and that was also built up. It was this huge thing, not as big as Superman and Lois, obviously, but they had a wedding planner issue and then a wedding issue. And the wedding issue is like their wedding, and they get married and they're attacked by the Injustice League at their wedding. And during that time, he's switched out for a clone, or I think it's at that time, but some at some point he sure. switched out for a clone. And on their wedding night, he attacks her and tries to kill her, and she has to kill him. That's how the issue ends. Incredible. And it was the launch into their own book, the um, Black Canary, Green Arrow series, which the first arc is her going to find him. Um, so, like, it's not the only time that's ever happened. And it's, I mean, Clark doesn't have to kill her on their wedding night, but uh, <laughs> so there's that. But no, it's, it's not surprising. That's lucky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's different. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so I'm I'm not shocked that they had recycled old ideas and that a lot of the show does a lot feel like Silver Age stories. But at least Lois gets to be cool. Oh, absolutely, and and like not only Lois, but like Terry Hatcher gets to play three different shades of Lois in yeah. the second episode here. You know, like it's it's really interesting to watch. But let's kind of like let's not go beat by beat here. Let's do okay. let's do broad strokes stories here. So like Lois and Clark at their wedding in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I like the start of it. I like her being understandably stressed. Like, we should get to kind of the slow roll of Lex Luthor elsewhere, because I, I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And I like her having a sixth sense after two and a half years of this, that like, no, something's going to go horribly wrong. Like, this is all the worst. But like, some of this just doesn't hit right for me. Like, I am here for the lovey-dovey feels of them, and we only get that in, like, one or two scenes here. I don't know. What was your takeaway, like, watching them kind of gear up to the wedding here? Um, so, I had a few thoughts um, mm-hmm. in sort of the, the build-up, and I agree that, like, the episode is kind of emotional whiplash um, yeah, totally. in a bunch of places, because, like, all of the stress about planning the wedding, and, like, it's, you know, it's tomorrow or whatever, there's a lot of that that's, like, parent or family stress, mostly for mm-hmm. Lois. Um and that's all like heightened and 
trying to be comedic but is kind of just annoying um personally and then it flips from that right into like them being this awesome couple and i really like the them being an awesome couple parts um but less so the lois dealing with her mom for the entire runtime of the the episode truly wait brad garrett didn't do it for you and his (laughs) cruise ship like wedding yes Brad Garrett did not, unfortunately, do it for Oh, me. my God. That was such a weird movie. He's doing a Herman Munster impression, and they're doing, like, drum and cymbal beats, and it's like, what? Where are we? <laughs> Neither did President Fred Willard. Oh, President Fred Willard. <laughs> I, I like to picture him in the Oval Office when, like, crazy stuff goes down, when, like, Nazis take over, or, you know, whatever, and him just being like, um, I, I don't know what to do. You know, like, let's wait to see if Lois and Superman do anything, and we'll go from there. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, all, all craziness, but I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Like it, it, the family stuff is kind of fun, but it's a little too mundane. It's a little too samey from mm-hmm. an episode, the Christmas episode of this year, um, Home is Where the Heart Is, where it is the first episode where they in, introduce, um, Harvey something as Sam and then Beverly Garland as Ellen. Um, uh, like I like kind of, um, I always like. Ellen and Martha's interactions together. Yeah. I like then like Ellen later on calling Lois out of just like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm too demanding, huh? No wonder you turn to Martha or, you know, like it was just yeah. like, I like acknowledging those kind of elephants in the room there. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. It's just kind of, it's all feels odd. I would rather stay in that in with Lois and Clark, in with just kind of seeing them deal with it. I kind of like them. There's the dumb scene where they're in traffic and they can't get to the rehearsal. And then Superman goes and clears up traffic. I'm like, yep. You know, like this is yeah. a totally fine version or, you know, moment for you to do this. Like I'm into that. Right. I am too. And, and you know, they did that. I'm going to call back to like things like Smallville and stuff. They did that then too. And, um, you know, I, I like little instances of Clark being like, eh, it's fine. <laughs> I can, yeah, I can use yeah. my powers for this. This is not. I, I need to deal. to keep the woman I love happy. So yes. that this is a totally justified use. Of <laughs> or at least from know. making a scene. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so like, yeah, I liked all that stuff too, and I and I liked them, you know, showing up at the paper, Lois wanting to, you know, work on a story because she needs a distraction, and like, you know, Clark supporting her, but like to a degree. Um, but yeah, but also taking Perry <laughs> aside, like nothing crazy, but like, you two know, hours. Like, do you have, um, like, missing frogs that we could deal with? Oh, great. Perfect. Kidnapped frogs? Perfect. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, of course, we're then going to turn this into a giant thing. Like, I thought that was a that was a totally classic, like, Lois and Clark hijinks. Oh, love it. Yeah. On a story. Yeah, perfect. Loved it. But anytime the parents got involved when it was, like, especially Lois and her mom, I just, I couldn't deal with it. I would have taken more scenes of the two moms than, totally. than what we ended up with. But that stuff just felt really out of place. Yep. Uh, also, total aside, but like mm-hmm. this cousin as the maid of honor, we're waiting for Lucy to get into oh, town. Yeah. Just, just recast Lucy. You've done it already. You know, like nobody remembers what the second Lucy looks like. Nobody remembers the first her. one. Or just don't mention her. Totally. Just, I mean, I appreciated the all of Lucy's weddings uh, comment at the very yes, beginning. Yes, that was fun. But other than that, like I didn't, I didn't need the extra stuff with the maid of honor and like, yeah. I, I I'm with you. I don't love the the first wedding episode. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I, I'm I'm totally it's there iffy. with you. But so let's in this before we like jump away from their their story mm-hmm. in general. Like I've got to call out the honey scene. 
like gets me. I get a little chill when I think about it. Yeah. I got a little chill watching it last night. Like I never saw myself as a honey. What's happening to me? Like that is so cute to me. That was, I think, the most natural of the scenes in yes. the whole episode where it was just that and then her being like, wait, what did you call me? And like this nice little pause. Yeah, that was like the most at ease of the entire entire episode. And and her like kind of, Terry does a great job of the like, do we have to go to the wedding? No, we got to do the time. Like, she's, yeah. like, kind of, like, turning back and forth. One of those shots winds up in the credits. But I just, like, the whole energy there of just the two of them, like, cannot stand Dean Kane. But Mm-mm. their chemistry on screen is so good here. And, uh, and, and again, and they're cute, like, drinking wine at home. Our rehearsal dinner got canceled stuff. Like, I love it. You're the man I never thought I'd meet. Come on. Yeah, it's all very adorable. <laughs> yep. Um... I did have this feeling like watching them this night and like, give me your thoughts on this. Maybe I'm okay. too influenced by like Chloe Oliver right now. Okay. Um, but like part of me is like, I want this arc to end. Like just watching it last night, pretending I don't know what happens. I want it to end with like the wedding got trashed and whatever, but turns out they went and Jim and Pam and got eloped the night before or whatever and were married the whole time or something like that. Like, I understand which episode you just recently watched. Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Okay, I I agree and I disagree. So, like, I I would love for this to wrap up and be nice. And instead of them, like, having done it without us watching, have them do it just, like, grab Perry and be on the roof of the Daily Planet and get married because screw it, it's over. Yours is better. (laughs) Yours is better. This is why there's a writer's room. Like, that's, Yes, (laughs) this is why there's a writer's room. Um, we could finally see if there's a globe on top of their daily planet. Like this, and would not be just huge. the one that fell. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, I I would love for it to be something like that, where like it all wraps up, and they're like, well, okay, fine, we we survived this, we can survive anything. Let's just get married. Screw our parents. <laughs> it's fine. Yep. Um, and of course, Clark's parents would be fine with it, and Lois's parents would be mad. But um, canonically would, a few episodes ago like martha was like i'm fine with them eloping you know yeah. like i get it it's, you know? it's fine just do it you're never gonna have time. they're very just... busy people yeah <laughs> uh, just let us know yep um yeah so I, I would be fine with something like that rather than like an off screen um in the same way that like chloe and oliver end up getting married on smallville um yes. where it's like oh hello i found the other half of the marriage license like um <laughs> that nonsense so weird. it worked but it was also weird um so I would, yeah, I would have been down with that. Also would have been down with it being three episodes and ending like that. Well, yeah. 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 Or them having actually gotten married and Lois being kidnapped afterwards. <sighs> yeah, that's true. The the, like watching it again, knowing where the, the like trade-off is, is kind of excruciating. I'm just like, it was so close. So close. Yeah. You were in the building. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay. So yes. I'll, I'll, I'll let you choose our next topic. Okay. I would like to talk a little bit about our Luther slow roll, I but we also have to, we also had to put some time into frogs. So do you want to put it off or like, where, where are you Oh at? no, let's go and let's go with frogs and then the Luther slow roll. Cause we got to end Great. on Luther. Great. What in poo perfect hell happened here? Like <laughs> my someone, only thought. Someone read an ahead. article about frogs. Yes. Oh my God. This is my thing. I'm like, was this new science at the time that like, Frog DNA takes on whatever DNA you DNA it. You know, like, <laughs> I, I have no idea. And I think it's salamanders, technically, but... Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, frogs. My guess is someone read an article. There was some news story that someone saw. 
and they were like, oh, hey, I write for a ridiculous show. I think we can use this. And that happens a lot. Like, it happens now. Um, totally. We wouldn't have Law & Order if we didn't have ripped from the headlines. But Of um, course. But, yeah, it's that's that's where I think we got frogs. Where we got eating frogs, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, how pissed are the writers at Terry right now? That they're like, you know what? We're going to make this woman do <laughs> She's going to eat down a, frog. a bunch of frogs. Yeah. A bunch of, by the way, shout out to the frogs. Very docile, seemingly. Mm-hmm. Very photogenic. There's just one shot where one trying to jump away from, I think, Tony Curtis, which is a whole other situation. But I'm like, all right, like, good job, frogs here. Like, this isn't your fault. I respect that. Um, but yeah, like, how many how many rubber or, like, jelly frog legs oh, are they she sticking in Terry Patrick's mouth? It's just... It- it has to be. That is Ugh. so funny that your thought was like it was new science at the time because that's exactly what I'm like. Otherwise, like where where does this come from? Um, and it's it's also just so funny because it's it's impossible to not look stupid eating these frogs. Like, oh no, no, you will way always to look insane. Do it. You have to like slurp them up, and it's just in that way, it's perfect Lois and Clark comedy to me. Whereas like Tony Curtis dancing the mambo with a frog, not perfect comedy to me. <laughs> No, no, it's not. <laughs> like you kind of mentioned it before, but like this show straddles a line of f- funny and often falls falls over it. When this show is funny, it's perfect. Like when it's actually funny, it is so charming to me. It is such it is such a wonder to me. I I really respect it and I'll laugh with it. But stuff like this is just like, oh god, like this is not funny people writing. A comedy scene and it's a bummer you know no yeah there there's definitely like parts of this that aren't i don't know if it's that they just didn't buy into it or if they like they just weren't sure how to land the comedy correctly mm. i don't know it it does there are parts that really don't land but there are definitely like scenes that do land very well and like there are certain comedic like moments that that they really buy into and they they just they they work really well and it's just they they never really find a perfect balance no it's really it's really episode by episode like mm-hmm. um i think ordinary people is a wonderful episode i think the noah episode is funny as hell mm-hmm. and in this like crazy like you know this self-help this southern hick self-help guru is going to end the world via you know noah's ark but <laughs> it still's got some like actual laughs in it where this whole thing really fell really fell flat to me yeah. and brad garrett is not to blame for all of it he is, you know? no he's only to blame for like 12 <laughs> percent. right now that said like i'm fully in support of getting tony curtis as a villain on the show like i think he could fit into a better written episode but here it's just not great no, like him the... inching closer to lois on the couch oh. is just like obviously it's supposed to be gross but it's also not like entertaining it's just like what are we doing guys? my exact you know? note and I know that Tony Curtis is not a terrible actor, but my no. exact note is the villain is a terrible actor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yeah, there's just a whole energy there that is like they're they're not doing they're not using Tony Curtis correctly. No. You know, um, like that that was my takeaway. So while we were talking, I had to, and I googled uh, cloning and frogs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh my God! Someone did research. <laughs> Uh, you must be a writer. <laughs> I am. Um, so the actual uh, frog cloning experiments happened in the 60s and 70s and then were used 
as a means of creating Dolly the Sheep, who was oh. born in July of 1996. It's that bitch's fault. Okay, <laughs> that makes sense. So I don't so, know how much press was going on about Dolly before she was born, but... I'm going to guess there was an article in November of 95, at the very <laughs> least. So there was definitely uh, cloning on the brain. Okay. Wow. That lines up kind of perfectly. That's incredible. I, I like, once... So I, so Thank I googled, you, brand new guest, Trisha. That was awesome. <laughs> I googled the frogs, and I found this, and then it said... Uh, what does it say? Um... These experiments, together with the more recent cloning of Dolly the sheep, reveal the potential of nuclear cell transfer for cell replacement therapy. And I was like, wait, when was Dolly wow. created? 1996. Wow. Okay. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Asked and answered. Asked Thank and you answered very by much. Google. So Tony Curtis also feeds into the Fred Willard <laughs> of it, which yes. I get you. Like, but there is there is an incompetence to government in in a lot of DC stuff. That I'm like, no, of course Fred Willard would be the president. You know, like, A, for this episode, he can do the kind of, like, mindless, very immature yes. frog thing. Like, perfect. Like, that is so him. But, like, then you also buy him, I buy him, at least, as the kind of feckless uh, um, George W. Bush, but sweeter president that, like, probably isn't getting much done, but is getting by with a smile and a, and a finger gun, you know? Yeah, no, I, like... So I think he he makes a good president for a specific kind of comedy that I don't think the episode like nails. So there are moments where Fair. I really like him. Like anytime he's playing the frog, it mostly works except for mm-hmm. the part where you're also supposed to believe that's the president <laughs> and right. one that's going to take over for the current president. Um, that this, this scheme was, is going to last more than a week. Yeah. <laughs> this was a well thought out villainous plan. Mm-hmm. Um they totally thought about this, including the point where they uh, sent the president clone to rob a pet store right. of frogs. A well-thought-out plan by the greatest criminal mind of our time, too, yeah. by the way. You just, know? I like, think he that's just hired shitty Frenchmen. <laughs> I think Lex just hired bad uh, henchmen from prison. Like, he just his connections weren't the same. Oh, I'll buy that. Like, he just didn't have the reach he used to, you know? Yeah. You That's had to go fair. through a guy. It just, it just didn't work. Um, it, I mean, as he, we're talking, too, I'm realizing that Fred Willard plays the same role in a movie that gets this comedy correctly called Wally. And, like, that's the, yes. you know, like, he's not president technically, but more or less, you know? He's, yeah, he's basically president. Yeah. Um, as president as you get on a ship full of people who have stopped living. Um, right. Yeah, no, so he works for this, like, uh, as you said, like, this feckless president uh, who really doesn't care, but I don't necessarily by him as someone in any way intimidating or like like he because he sort of threatens lois at the beginning of the episode yeah oh uh, i love that i love the president calling out lois lane in a busy <laughs> lobby of like of course you are of um, course you know each other of course uh and know that he knows her by a glance at her face right like, and i also like just real quick nerd thing mm-hmm. there I hated the piece that you and Clark Kent did on my thing. Like, Clark Kent is standing right next to her, but he's not addressing him at all. No. It is Lois Lane. She got the interview in the past. She's the one that knows him. There you go. She's the only reason Clark gets a byline. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no. So, like, I appreciated elements of Fred Willard president, but I think that th- the fact that we're introduced to him as both this and and the clone is just bizarre and jarring and strange. So I don't think it's yep. written to his strengths. Agreed. 
do they do they start that story correctly and end it correctly for me? Yes. It, the lobby scene is the start, and yeah. then the end of Lois punching the president, <laughs> and then Superman saying, "Miss Lane, I think you have a wedding to prepare for." Like, perfect. Like that's yes. that's my show, you know. Yes, it's definitely started and ended correctly. It's the middle that I have a problem with. Yes, I agreed on all <laughs> counts. Um, and the middle is due to slow roll Lex Luthor here. Yeah. Like, let's get into it. The, okay. I I was watching this last night and not really, it was kind of a slog for me. And the whole time I'm like, I haven't even met Trisha and I made her do two <laughs> episodes. Like, this was so, she's not going to show. Like, there's no reason that she should. Um, but my other thought was like, they should have done more of this throughout the series. Like, yeah, I love this. The idea of this, at least. Yeah, I like slow burn villains where like you get a little inkling of them in the beginning and like uh, and then all of a sudden something happens. You're like, oh, crap. Right. Um, It was all of that stuff. Uh, It's that (laughs) moment where Lois is sitting on the steps going, oh, my God, he's the one that sent me the flowers. Yes. Perfect (laughs) moment. Yes. Um, But because it's so quick, uh, I like she said that line and I was just like, that seems contrived. Um, Yeah. But I thought a few things about the this the slow roll of Lex Luthor and also the next episode felt a little contrived. Um, but I do I do like slow roll villains, um, and I know that shows at this time weren't really doing slow roll stories at all. Yeah, that that's totally unless like your X Files, which like we let's not compare these two. You know, let's, no, one of these things is not like the other. Don't bring this anywhere near my X Files. Yeah, I just like <laughs> the idea of like. And they could have done it more without getting John Shea or getting, like, his voice or something, which they do mm-hmm. in season four for a second. But, like, do him, you know, reaching out from inside prison. Do, like, the tentacles of Lex Luthor still having having some pull in the underworld. Like, I would have I loved that type of thing. Yeah, do, like, the, the Lex Luthor prison interviews. Yes! Oh, my God. Like, all I want is... Uh, we did a kind of... Um, theoretical episode forever ago but like all I want is Silence of the Lex where she has to go to him and interview him and all he wants to talk about is their wedding day or whatever you know like that type there of thing there is a Silence of the Lambs uh, issue of Birds of Prey if you have not mm. read Birds of Prey I, yes I do recall this it is issue 16 was this was this in the Gail Simone di- no, no this 16. is this is early this, this is, is earlier early yeah. yeah Um, it was they just switched editors Um, okay and it was the first time that Barbara Gordon confronts the Joker yeah. uh, since he shot her. And it's so good. Um, but yeah, I'm all for any riff on Silence of the Lambs. Give me. Especially in this crazy world with when it's oh, Lex yeah. Luthor or the Joker. That when it's like the two biggest supervillains of all time. And you could literally call the episode to. Silence of the Lex. Yeah, done deal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like the slow roll of this. Yeah. Um, and then finally, like it kind of culminates in their in their limo driver, <laughs> watching the news in the back of their limo as he's waiting for them to get married. Of, of a season two, bald capped Lex Luthor looking angry as hell, um, and that he had escaped. That photo of Lex. Go ahead. John Shea should have sued. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. Oh. I see my reaction to it was just like I want to see this entire reel. I want to see the the proof sheet. All of the of outtakes. This shoot. All yes, of the exactly. outtakes of that photo. Yep. He just that bald cap and the face. He just he looks like somebody tried to clone a person and just grew the baby <laughs> too fast. 
season nine or season 10 Lex on Smallville. You know, it's just like, yeah, oh, something. only not as well. We haven't figured this out yet, huh? What? Yeah. Oh, it's just, it was so bad. That photo, I just, I saw it. I was just like, what? How dare you put that on screen? I who, get it. I really do. Who approved it? <laughs> he looked like he was trying to dig himself out of prison. <laughs> just Andy defrained his way. At least they don't hold on this Lex Luthor like Easter egg for too long. Unlike another one, this was pointed out to me by Alan Burke, um, host of the All-Star Superfan, a Superman podcast podcast, uh, moderator with me of the Lois and Clark, the Legacy Facebook group. But when we see a pan down of the pardon that's being written uh, by Fred Willard, clone president, uh, A, they get... They get his name wrong. He's President Gardner. At the bottom, he signs President, President Frederick Randolph, which is just like somebody got messed up in props that week or they changed the name late or whatever. But in the pardon, it's like all this like legalese that you'd expect, like where the benefits are rising under the parole laws of the United States and regulations, um, whatever they're under. And if you can read this, we are really staying too long on this shot. Is hereby granted by foregoing rights. It's just like, that's such an awesome little Easter egg. That's amazing. Isn't that I want to kiss that person. I know. The prop guys on this show were having a little too much fun there. Uh, and they were right that it's just like, it's on screen for a second. And like, it should not be. <laughs> that stuff you add in just for the people who recorded at home and hit pause. Right, right. Just because you know on the a AIM group at the time, you know, like that people are watching and they are going crazy for it. So like in the AOL chat them. room, exactly. That's moderated by somebody at ABC because that this was back in that day, you know. AOL keyword Lois and Clark. Exactly. Um, I just I love that. Um, yeah, I also that was, like that's just great. just kind of to wrap up the the Lex stuff. There are two more things. Like mm -hmm. I like Lois figuring this out in in front of who we've come to find out is Secret Lex. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, like, I think that's kind of fun. Um, oh, but also, let's, let's nerd out on his prison sentence for okay. a second here. Yes. Um, it's established earlier in the episode, it's established in the next episode, that he was doing the classic Lex Luthor double life sentence. For what? I, I don't really know, to be honest. Mm. But Clark, at, like, is trying to talk Lois down, and he's just like, no, like, don't worry about it. He's going to be in prison for 983 years. And I'm like, what does a life sentence cover? You know, <laughs> this is too much. I had the same thought because like he said 983 years. And I was just like, that's wildly specific for something that should probably just be a life sentence. And then in the next episode, Lex is like, I'm doing two life sentences. And I'm just like, there you how go. How long are you expected to live? Yeah, exactly. Has he died and come back before? Sure. I don't think he's got 983 years in him, though, frankly. Uh, I don't, you never know. He has clones. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, okay. We've come to my final topic for this part of the episode, or this okay. particular episode. The wedding itself. This is like the full-out wedding. Do you recall what their final wedding is, Trisha? Not off the top of my head. Okay. If I told you their guardian angel whisked them and the parents and Jimmy and uh, oh my god, I forgot hilltop. about that. <laughs> yeah, ah, there you go. Oh my god. I was like, in my mind, I was like, was it something like fantastical? Uh-huh. And But oh my god, I was right. Okay. It was like no, a horrible awful. mountaintop set at sunset. Like, oh. you can see the scrim type yep. of thing. 
Oh, I forgot about that. I think I might have just blocked it out of my mind. For that, like compared to that, I'm totally into this wedding. Like they're in they're in a real place. Um, Perry marries them, which he does marry them in the final one as well. I, 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 I'm pretty sure, unless their guardian angel does. I'm fuzzy. I don't. Um, but like, I like her dress better here. I like yeah. the Kents giving him like a little like, oh my boy, I can't believe it. You know, like before the wedding. Like, th- there's parts of this that I really do like. Like, what what are your thoughts? Like, do you have dress thoughts? Do you like, what? I you I like I like everything about it. Um. Well, mostly everything about it. Um, mm-hmm. the, the suits, I think, are a little weird. But it's the 90s, so I can't really... Yeah, like the big... I don't even... Is that a cravat? I don't even know what that is. I don't know if, if it... I don't know if it's that or if it's an ascot. Ascot. Maybe it's an ascot. Um, yeah, so I really don't mind very much about the wedding. Um, I, I like a lot of it. I like her dress a lot. I like... The ceremony is very cute. Um, I do have a question, which is, has there ever been a TV show where the reverend has actually married the couple? And they haven't had to have a last-minute friend replacement? Excellent question. <laughs> um, like, I feel like the only time that anyone has ever on television gotten married by the person who was intended to marry them at the start of the episode is when it was already a friend. Sure. Yeah, Joey made it. Yeah. Yeah. Almost didn't. Are we in the same place? Yeah, good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he was still wearing the World War II outfit, but he, he did Yeah, he it. was all bloody and it was spit on by <laughs> Gary Oldman, but he was there. Um, I was about to say, I think Iris and... Uh, Barry's wedding got off without a hitch, but no, that oh, guy yeah, gets no, vaporized by Nazis. Nazis. <laughs> I, had I the forgot same... Diggle has to marry them, <laughs> and also Oliver and Felicity. Um, yeah, well, I, I had this. I had the same flash when I was thinking, like, oh, has the Reverend ever married the people who are getting married? And I was like, what are weddings that I can think of in a church? And I was like, oh, Barry and Iris vaporized. Mm-hmm. Nope, not that one. <laughs> you know who does get married? Like, uh, I think Charmed made it happen a couple times. Um. The first time uh, Leo got yanked out of the house oh, in pain. That's uh, right. The second okay. time uh, Prue nearly Did destroyed Prue, the wedding. Prue destroyed it? And Graham's the ghost was going to Yeah, Let's get Graham's into this the ghost, Graham's Graham's was, the ghost was already officiating. So she officiated all the times that Piper okay. tried to get married. I don't remember the first marriage then. So the first time is... Oh, the elders pulled them. Season three, episode three, <laughs> uh, where they're like, we're going to get married because it's an eclipse. Right, and and there had been the lovers that like one was a yes, uh, one wolf, was a hawk one was and a, one was a, a wolf. A yes, <laughs> so they're gonna get married <laughs> during the eclipse, and the eclipse ends, and the elders yank Leo away, and he's all in pain. And then they have the troll episode where Piper's all mad, right? Um, and she's yeah. yelling at the sky like, "Why'd you take him?" Yes. <laughs> anyway, so then the second time they try to get married, uh, Prue's astral self interrupts <laughs> on a motorcycle. <laughs> Is that like Coyote Prue or something like no, that? Coy- no, it's Coyote Piper. Coyote That's P- later. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Actually, I just need to know now. Season four or five oh. is Coyote Piper. Coyote right? Piper okay. is season three. Because oh, Prue's it is. still there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wait, no. And she's at P3. Yeah, she's at P3. Dances on the bar. Uh, yeah. It's it's the episode I don't care with... who doesn't give a shit about this conversation. We are going <laughs> to finish it. Keep going. It's the episode with Rain Wilson as the... Um, what? As the alchemist. <gasps> I remember that. Oh, my yes. God. Oh, my God. Is he? Is it him or Jeremy Piven that, like, has to learn how to... Like, he's never been a man before. And he, like, makes a comment of, like, oh, walking will be different. I don't. He dies. I don't think... In, he... in a fireball? Or was it a vanquishing potion? <laughs> I don't think it was either. I think he gets stabbed. <laughs> oh, no. 
He gets as must far have as been I a remember, cursed Athame. <laughs> as far as I remember, he gets stabbed by the spirit that is inhabiting various people. Oh, the good episode. for the spirit. Okay, good. Yeah, because Prue kills Piper to get the spirit out of her. <laughs> One of Piper's many deaths many on the show. Because <laughs> I remember oh my, her, like, like the reason oh I did this God. is because she does this to throw the knife into Piper's gut. And then Leah <laughs> runs in and he's like, I can't heal the dead. And then the spirit jumps out. How do we get around that one? Goes into the alchemist. So the alchemist isn't dead, I don't think. Maybe. Okay. Oh, but can an alchemist heal the dead? Goes yes, the 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 spirit can heal the dead. Well, that was a close call, everybody. (laughs) Brings Piper back. (laughs) But yeah, so she finally gets I stuck with that show for eight goddamn years. (laughs) So did I. (laughs) You were there at the end. When, when um, <laughs> Kelly Kuko has to kill her sister. Jesus Christ. Oh, that show should have ended in season seven. Okay, but like, you know what's crazy to me, though? That mm-hmm. show and Lois and Clark do kind of feel like they're in the same world to me. Like, it's the same amount of craziness. You know, like, I, I understand why I stuck with Charmed for so long. It's the same amount of craziness, but the acting is better. Yeah. Like, at least it's more consistent throughout. There are definitely bad parts. (sighs) Yeah. Okay. I get it. (laughs) Yeah. And it is totally like, you know, I'll I'll give Rose McGowan's first year into the first realm of that show. But, like, it is perfectly dissected between, like, first four years, kind of like the same thing. And then fucking horseshit. Like, just craziness. Yeah. Yeah. It's not great. I was on Charmed Message Boards. I was real big on Charmed Message Boards. Oh, right on. I, I... I my my one of my biggest pris- Christmas gifts was like a f- large sized printer so that I could finally finish my Book of Shadows full sized replica. That's amazing. I never mm-hmm. did that. I did mm-hmm. make uh, a really really badly designed GeoCities page. <sighs> that was just a fan site for Charmed, and I remember I did the episode guide from memory. Incredible. <laughs> there was a time in my life where I could have done that too. <laughs> It's really bad. And like, so over the holidays, I went home back to my mom's and Mm -hmm. she was like, we're getting rid of all this stuff in the basement. Tell me what you want. And one of the things was just like this stack of tapes that she wanted me to go through. And I was like, well, this is all just episodes of Charmed that I recorded on the TV. Did you keep them so that you could listen to the Love Spit Love theme song still? I did did not. uh, But I could tell you what probably most of the episodes were. Um, Incredible. That yeah. felt so good. Like, <laughs> one of my first... Like, I I have not rewatched... I'll be honest with you. Like, I don't want to turn my back on, like, 11 or 12-year-old me. Like, I loved this show. I stuck with it. I jumped in in, like, season five, I think. Like, watching it live. And, oh, like, yeah, me too. And, stuck with it till the five. end. Okay. Then, yeah. then we had the... Because TNT bred <laughs> yes. us, apparently. <laughs> but, like... I have turned my back on it since then. I've tried to watch it because I've been like, I remember this show. And it just like hasn't struck with me. But like when I moved out to California, one of the first things I did, like my buddy wanted to see Jimmy Stewart's house. I'm like, great, we'll do that. And then we'll hit the Hallowell Manor. (laughs) Yes, I would also still do that. Um, Before the the reboot show started on the CW, I wrote Mm -hmm. a whole thing about stuff from the original charm that was actually amazing. I think I read that. Possibly. That's so funny. (laughs) 
Because I was like, that was when I tried to watch some old episodes. Because I'm like, I want, I want to not hate it. You know, like as much as much as it's not amazing, and certainly not by today's standards of like peak TV or whatever. But for 1998, it mm-hmm. wasn't bad, and it was at least trying to do all of these things with an eye toward like actual feminism, as opposed to like fake feminism you get on a lot of stuff from this era. Sure. And like all of their their conflicts and their villains having something to do with being women and yeah was, i mean like great. season one's barbus episode i remember being wonderful the demon of fear for the uninitiated by the way yes all um, the barbus episodes except but then the like one yeah and then okay. like season six or seven like they turn into werewolves because they have their periods and it's just like oh we've we've gone astray somewhere yeah it got taken over by a guy yeah, yeah. Um, who who also took over this show? So back to Lois and Clark. <laughs> back that to Lois and Clark. Like truly, that felt so nice. I might have to do because you are not the first person that is that is like kind of. I've heard from other people that there are listeners that are into Charmed. So like we might have to do a Charmed episode over our season break this summer. But do it. We'll get to that. Hell, I would um, do a whole. We could do the superhero episode. That'd be perfect. Oh my god, that episode's so bad. I know it'd be it's great, so but bad. Cole's there. But Cole's well, in it. But it's but it's season. I know five, it's the Cole. ass end it's of Cole. It's not season I know. four, Cole. <laughs> oh, season four was the last time that show was great. Okay. I agree. I, I completely okay. We got so it. much good stuff. We have right. a whole other right. episode of Lois. Lois eats um, a frog, and I'm really curious yeah. if that's cannibalism. <laughs> Well, you see, frog DNA isn't really DNA. <laughs> the DNA, so I think right, it's okay. actually being overwritten by the lowest DNA. Where did he yes. get it? I, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but he's Lex Luthor, so like, but they never. Uh, I'm was sure like, he maybe, kept like a hairbrush or some shit. It's probably that. It's probably a lock of hair situation. I was just gonna be like, he clipped off a lock of hair while she was sleeping at night. But we know canonically they did not have a carnal relationship so i well neither apparently did lois and clark no well not till (laughs) he's been a very patient man for many years let's let's get into it double jeopardy time (laughs) terry as a clone uh she's great i i agree i mean like none of what we're about to say about this storyline should reflect on terry hatcher's acting like she commits to this clone thing and it's impressive to me it's impressive to me when actors do like this crazy type of shit, but yes. they're totally game for it. And she's Wanda Detroit too. She commits to both the clone and Wanda Detroit, <laughs> yep. which itself is just so ridiculous. Uh, and, and I like that she starts kind of like when we first see the clone. Spoilers, everybody! But she is who <laughs> he marries, and like all she has to do is just kind of like you know the res- call and response of a wedding. You know, do I do you Lois take this man? Blah blah blah. Um, and then, like, her dialogue in the end scene right before she eats the frog um, is just very, like, uh-huh, yeah, sure. Like, it's really kind of blank slate, and it continues on here where, like, she just has enough personality to fake having a headache and get out of sex for the night. Like, that's kind of yeah. all she has to do. And then it builds up from there, right? Like, I'm into that. Yeah, it, no, it definitely does. Like, I think the clone stuff... Is decently well plotted, to a degree. Um, yeah. But if that's like, what you're doing, yeah. If I that's what you're fine. doing, it's it's fine. And and she does, you know, they do at least make it so that she's not trying to fake being Lois, one hundred percent, the whole time. And it's a really good thing they didn't write their own vows. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
that wasn't trendy yet. It, it was only Although I would have liked to have read Lex Luthor's version of Lois's vows to Clark. I feel like he probably would have noticed. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so yeah, I think I think she does. They do a, like in the in terms of the writing. I think they do a pretty good job of like making sure that she's only doing little things and not like just sort of getting out of the way. As right, much not as tipping the hat too much um, until you need to. Right, but like I don't. Again, I don't know what the plan is in terms of like long term. Like right. she's only been around nine days. Uh, <laughs> she's that's like a, you're gonna notice. Yeah. Um, I, I do like too the forethought in Lex's plan of like he taught her where the cups are you know like he, he's kind of like given her the lowdown on their lives but what he hasn't realized is like their emotion these clones emotions are very volatile when, yeah. when she finds out the cups have moved like she freaks out she goes to Lex and is like you didn't tell me about the cups he's given her the stalker version of their lives <laughs> yes. he's like i have seen all of this through a very long lens so i know where things are and where they go <laughs> and what they do but don't ask me anything personal right thankfully that long lens was not being shown on them when he was you know at night that he super changed right or whatever, I, you know it's a very like, selective it's a very selective stalker personality yeah and then it's uh, also weird too like this is going to sound stupid, but like they totally railroad this clone character because then she just becomes the dits, you know, like then she, yeah. they kind of do like evil in this episode, like, I don't know, like evil material girl. I don't know how else to say it. Evil She's Valley a hot girl. evil baby. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. That. <laughs> and in the next episode, like you kind of feel bad for it. Like it's really, we'll get into that next week, but like, it's very yeah. odd to me. Um, yeah, no, she's again, totally she's doing, great. she's totally doing hot evil baby. Um, where it's like, yeah. I'm I am Superman. I can get everything I want. Cool. Right. This is all amazing. And I have no idea what words are half the time. And somehow I'm a reporter. Um, <laughs> like just so much of this stuff that she just like, none of that basis, all of that, like basic information that she should have had, they end up turning into, well, she's dumb, but right. attractive. So Clark doesn't care most of the time until he mm -hmm. does until he proves that she's not her because she doesn't have a broken ankle that kind yeah, of thing get, so yeah. apparently looking like terry hatcher gets you a long way <laughs> it really does especially with clark kent yeah even um, with your husband <laughs> who should probably know that you're not you who should probably have like smelled the frog but we won't get into it you know like <laughs> what, like, your what did you smell? eat yeah <laughs> uh, um i i also like like you know He's not my type. Too many muscles. Oh my I god! I literally wrote that down. I don't like him. All those muscles. Yes. That's. But 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 Jimmy's super hot to her. You know, like she's coming yes. on to Jimmy later. Like that's fun. Super I... hot baby. Like you said. Yes, I baby. get it. Super hot stupid baby. Um, hot stupid baby. Yes, she. I love that she's into Jimmy. I think that anytime you replace Lois with a duplicate, she should always ignore Clark and be in love with Jimmy. I just think that's, that's perfect. That's exactly what should happen. And I just, I love it. Cause it's, it's fun to play with Jimmy that way. And, um, even if maybe it's mean to his poor little nerd heart. No, that's um, all we do on the show. It's fine. <laughs> but it is fun. And, um, and I, I always appreciate it also as being like a, well, obviously she's a clone. Um, yeah, she's not <laughs> or falling over Clark, you know? She's into Jimmy. I do love her kind of rolling with the punches here of Jimmy. Like, yeah. She's coming on to Jimmy and he feels bad because he's found the Wanda Detroit book, which we'll get to Wanda Detroit, everybody. Yes. Don't worry. 
We have but I like her like, yeah, and he's like sheepishly like, uh, I'm sorry, Lois, I found your book. He's like, what book? Oh, my book. Would you like me to autograph it? Like, she's trying. You know, like, she's trying to go with it. She's just falling into these plot holes, you know? <sighs> she's taken an improv class. She's yes-anding everything. And and she's she's got enough wiles, at least in this episode, to turn the tables on the greatest criminal mind the world's ever seen. And like, But is he, though? I, I don't know. These episodes. Uh, theoretically. <laughs> yeah. I, I also like just John Shea narrating for the audience in case they're not understanding. She shoots him in the alley and he goes, ah, you shut me. You know, like. <laughs> John Shea's acting in this episode goes from me literally saying um, he's not the best Lex, but he is good to me thinking, eh, like, is he? <gasps> oh, is he good? You mean? Oh, see, uh, there's, there's so there much that some, I love. There, no, there are, there are things about it that I love. But there are line readings in this episode <laughs> that are so over the top that I'm just like, eh, like that's the choice that you're making, okay? I, I have to say though, my first note under Lex stuff is mm-hmm. perfection. <laughs> my first is Lex takes off a whole face. Uh- <laughs> I know, I love it's not the first time he's done it too. <laughs> um I also enjoy the wedding chapel guy giving a little John Shea in his performance in this episode. Mm-hmm. I forget what the word was, but there was like, you know, as if he said like, indubitably. Like, it, there's just like a little flair that he tried to put on it here. A little um, moment. Yes. Um, I also have to talk, I know I talked about this last time because it's the first time I caught it, but like, there is a cool theater gag going on here when they reveal Lex that I'm still not totally sure about. When, when he does that pull off the mask thing, it's a wonder. We go from the guy's face down to the thing. We're not even on the guy's face, but we're on the guy's hand, and then we come around his back, and we look in the mirror, and it's John Shea pulling it off. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't match perfectly, but like I'm pretty sure either it's a double room situation, and they're just shooting John Shea doing this, or they like put the camera on a memory head and replace the shot. But either way, there's some phony baloney shot stuff going on there that I really enjoy. Yeah, I mean, I I think I think that matches with the rest of the series, honestly, not just these episodes, mm-hmm. and like sort of the quality of effects that they're dealing yes. with on the yes. budget that they would have had in the 90s and the things that they're trying to do. Like so much of this was me rewatching and thinking about like if we were making this show now, the way that it would look Totally. It's so different. Like, just even that moment in, in the previous episode where, like, all the Secret Service agents, like, jump on top of Clark, <laughs> and then he does the, like, bust out thing, and they all jump back, like, two feet, as opposed yep. to what they would do now, which is, like, go through walls. Yeah, they'd be, fl- everybody's yeah. on wires. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just, it was so in- so interesting, and, like, some of the fight scenes are a little less, like, they're pulling punches in a more obvious way, and so I think that that sort of a little bit of not quite perfect is i think in line with everything else that's totally true but i do always <laughs> appreciate like kind of a theater gag like there was a oh, scene yeah. earlier this season where it's a wonder they go in the elevator from the daily planet you see them leave the bullpen and then it opens on uh them in the parking garage and i'm like someone's just bringing in some flats and some ground to make it the parking garage but like mm-hmm. i love it you know like that's yeah. that's fun to me you know i think it's something um, that had happened in a show with much larger production value like a show that's going on today um, one of the CW superhero shows, I feel like it right. would feel, it wouldn't feel fun. It would just feel stupid. Um, whereas like in a show like this, where part of the fun is the fact that everything's a little bit fake. 
A little uh, stupid, yeah. Yeah, I think it really works, and it is kind of fun just to have that little gag of, like, I just sort of walked off stage, and now I'm back. And now here we are. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I'm, I'm totally into it. And there are some Lex lines here that I love, like, um, I'll, I'll lower your gag. If you breathe the word Superman, I'll paralyze your vocal cords. Now, I can't get much fairer than that. You know, like, I just, like, there's that kind of, like, fun... I always think of um, Captain Barbosa in Pirates of just like, this guy just loves being evil. Like he just likes the words he's saying and I enjoy that here. Yeah, um, he definitely does. I think um, I think that line is great and I think the fact that he actually does it later in the episode is better. Yeah, uh, oh, totally. And it, it, it's, a nice, it's a nice setup for whatever's going on with Wanda's raspy cigarette voice. You oh, know? yeah. Um, but it's perfect uh, there. And I love him like yelling at the clone like, I'm the one that wrote the checks that had you made. I am God. Like I'm just John God Jay is here. You. Yeah, What's John Jay is here to play. He is, and I. So I like his version of Lex in the sense that he's obviously having a lot of fun with it. But then, like, I also don't like full evil Lex as like an idea. Like, mm. I, I, I prefer like megalomaniacal Lex to like yes, full on a more rational Lex. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, I am not here to literally be evil. <laughs> like, yep. say the word evil. Um, I am here to do things that I have fully rationalized in my head. You cannot convince me that I am a bad person. I will kill you now. Yes, I um, like the smart sociopath who just happens to be a xenophobe and, and like, cannot deal with this this powerful alien. You know, like, in, right. in, there's there's a version of their world where if Clark didn't show up, things might have gone okay for Lex, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah, so, like, that's just sort of an overall, like, me thinking about other instances, and obviously he's not the best Lex, um, but, like, just thinking of other instances of Lex Luthor and, like, how much I prefer sort of... I And I also th feel like he's a much better long-term villain if he's more of, like, a conniving totally. megalomaniac than if totally. he's this, like, flat-out, I am going to build an evil empire, <laughs> and you are going to be there with me. Yep. End of story. And if um, you can't be there, I will take one to Detroit. That's fine. Oh, goodness. Um, um, I, I hear you. Yeah. Like, writing-wise, he's not here for me. But, like, performance-wise, I, I just love John. Like, I really, there's, there's nothing I can say that he's doing wrong. I think he's doing everything he can with the material that he's given. I think that's fair. I do still think some of his line, line readings are a little over the top. But... I think he's also given ridiculous things to say. Yeah, part of me is that, like, we don't... Why are we fighting, Trisha? Um, but, like, part of me is just, like, he knows what show he's... He's seen Batman 66. He knows how to do, you know? like. Um, but I totally hear you. Um, I, however, cannot get on board with the outfit that he made for Lois for their wedding. That, like, pink satin uh, suit. Basically, like, I I I love I like Lois Lane in a suit, and I love what they dressed Terry Hatcher in for like the first two years of this show, but this just looked so strange to me. Yeah, it's it's a choice certainly, mm -hmm. and I'm I don't I don't blame her for not wanting to wear it. Yeah, totally. Uh, <laughs> up until he threatens her with a hypodermic needle. You had um, a point, Lois. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's ridiculous. Um, that's. I mean, the fashion on the show is never going to be amazing. No, um, no. But, yeah, that that satin, like, 
I'm, lo- I'm looking back at it because I'm just just trying to remember like exactly what it was. But it's sure. like <laughs> it's like we're gonna get married and you are going to dress business casual. <laughs> <laughs> but also like you're in like a very tasteful Victoria's Secret shoot. Like it's all it's all just kind of weird. It's business casual Victoria's Secret. Yeah, by way of pajamas. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's, I'm there it's with you. Satiny and yeah, it's strange. I don't know why the blazer is involved in the whole situation. Mm-hmm. But uh, meanwhile, while clones and Lex Luthor and other Lois are running around everywhere, poor Clark. Oh yes, he is trying Just, to find so many ways not to say the word sex. I know. It's so weird too, because like I don't know if what your memories of season four are, but even as a ten-year-old kid watching the show. Like, when we get to season four, I'm just like, and then the episode ends, and they'll go upstairs and have sex, and then we'll see what happens next week. You know? Like, that's just, like, how the show, they just, like, bang constantly. And it's great. Like, I am all into Lois and Clark having a healthy sex life, you know? But, like, these early seasons are so chaste, you know? So chaste. And, like, I had forgotten that they had decided to wait until their wedding night for some Mm -hmm. unknown reason. Because he's a virgin. I know. He has superpowers. Um, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. World of cardboard, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but, but it's still just like such, it's such a choice. And then to talk about it, um, it just, it also feels like not just that he's never had sex and therefore we should wait. Uh, it also feels almost like this show is on at 8 p.m. and we need to be kid friendly. Yeah, we, we're really hoping kids tune into this. Even though <laughs> Superman we're doesn't about have it. sex. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's totally like Batman does not go down on Cavalman. <laughs> Absolutely That's not. That's not surprising to me. Oh, see? No. Come <laughs> on. Bruce knows what's up. They almost got married. Do you think Selena Kyle would stick around? Eh, maybe if she was trying to steal his money. Oh, fair. Okay. Well, <laughs> she's really like that pearl necklace. Uh, it's just not a really that long pearl con. necklace. Yeah, it's, okay. It's, it's uh, a really long con. Um... Yeah, yes. no, it's Instead exactly of like talking that. about it's... sex, we've got Christmas tree lights and spark conversations and Martha and yeah, the drawn out metaphor and um, yes. no, it's 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 very much the same, you know, it's that kind of thing of like superheroes don't do that. Um because they're good people. Right. And terrible partners. Stupid. Yeah. Um on the other hand, I do like and I don't know who else would have done it. I don't I'm not saying this like it's a revelation, but like I like him being suspicious. I like him knowing when his wife is not his wife. I, and I like the X-raying the ankle bit. Like, that always stuck with me as yeah. a kid, but, like, that's cool, you know? No, I, I think that it definitely works. Um, like, all of it works. It, it all, honestly, this episode works better than it should, mm-hmm. um, except perhaps the Wanda Detroit stuff. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> so all of that stuff really does work. And, like, him figuring out, oh, she's a totally different person, um, you know, because his mom says something like all of it really is. Honestly, it's it's good. And, and certainly for the time. And I think if, you know, if I had watched this episode when I was 10, I also would have thought like, oh, the extra in the ankle thing is so cool. Um, yep. Yeah, it definitely it definitely works. Um, I really don't have a lot of complaints about that, even as much as I might disparage them. Agreed. Like this is where the, the push and pull of the show just like. I'm like, ah, oh, you're so dumb, but then you get it right, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, like, also, I feel like, like you probably should have noticed earlier, but also, like, this this gag. But works. but whatever. He ma- yeah. You're right. It is cute that he called her honey, whatever. Um, <laughs> I like this scene where, like, he's confrontational. He's not backing off. Like, this is not his wife. Yeah. And 
And she's, you know, like Perry and Jimmy are noticing. And of course, on Lois' side, because they don't know what show they're in. And she's, you know, doing the like, I may not be the wife you hoped for, but I'm trying. And it just like looks awful in the very best way. And it's great. Yeah. It's you know, it's the fact that Clark decided to have this confrontation in the Daily Planet. In the bullpen. (laughs) Yeah, well that's a wait until later. We're not I'm not gonna ask you if you can step outside for a second. I'm just gonna (laughs) yell about how you're not my wife. No, that's a big old whoopsie daisy. Well they do they like fondle each other in the middle of the bullpen. They might as well have this conversation (laughs) here too. (laughs) Oh gosh. Yeah, no. She does a good job with that, to be honest. The, the I, flow yeah, I improvises agree. pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm and sure she all... had to watch a lot of soap operas for the last nine days. I, apparently, you know, like that's that's what she's been living on at home while she wasn't out like shopping. And like, I love her <laughs> calling Clark Honey on the or Superman Honey on the street. You know, like that mm-hmm. type of thing yeah. that she's getting wrong is just cute to me. Um, but we're all leading up to real Lois getting. Mm-hmm. Let's let's do the formula for this: vocal cord paralysis, mm-hmm. limo concussion, seeing your clone equals Wanda Detroit. How? How? <laughs> How? Where did it come from? Where did it Where? go? But like, yeah. It just it's the fact that this is the book she was writing two years ago. <laughs> and for I know reason- it's not like it's fresh on her brain. Right, it's not like it was the the document that was open on her computer when Jimmy walked over. Sure, I would have taken that. She wasn't working on it yesterday. Um, She was working on it years ago and forgot about it. Right. And And also, but, go ahead, sorry. No, it's fine. It's just, it's so fresh in her mind that it is the new personality she immediately, like, just attaches to and becomes. Yep. Yep, and it's also, like, there's setup in the episode, but there's setup with the clone. And mm-hmm. it's not like the clone is seeing her going like, Wanda? Wanda, yeah. is that? You, you know, the clone's not smart enough to do this. She's talking to Lois. You know, like, it's all... Yeah, this I, is my twin no sister idea. Lois. I'm going to call her Lois. And then yeah. she's going to get into this random truck with this apparently country singer from the time. Maybe and... it's a Bruce Wayne Batman thing where it's just like, <laughs> that's not what I call myself. You know, <laughs> like, she's always in her head and like... Wanda Detroit's getting married to Superman today. Good for her. Did you read the Batman episodes after he died in Final Crisis? In Final Crisis, a long time ago, but yes. Where, like, he ends up, like, having a backup personality? Yes. Um, um, Zorin R. Yes, the Batman yes. of Zorin R. Yes, I did. <gasps> it's that. <laughs> Lois put together a reboot personality just in case. Lois embedded a reboot personality named Wanda Detroit, who is a lounge mm-hmm. singer. Thus furthering the in-canon appeal or attraction between Bruce Wayne and Lois Lane. Exactly. I'm into it. <laughs> Perfect. Actually, Bruce Perfect. did it. You, just, you didn't know he was I did series. not see Zur and R coming up today, but that, or Charmed for that matter. So here we are. Zur and R lives in my mind rent free it's squatting there it won't leave it's, it's just... one of my favorite asinine action figures that i own of just like they made that of course i want it i you love know? that you have an action figure does it have a batmite um i forget if it ca- i do have a batmite figure i forget if it came with that though that like popped up in a comic that i was reading because i didn't read that arc but it popped up in a comic that i was reading and i was just like what is happening why do we let grant morrison write things <laughs> 
He's so he's so wonderful. He's so brilliant. But it's there's a lot of it that I just can't. Until it can't. falls apart. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I, I We're in the same boat with Grant Morrison where it's just like, I want to, I respect him. I want to love his work. I'm just, I'm just not there. The first six issues of Final Crisis are great. And then the last one starts and you're like, why? Where are we going Why here? are all these people in Ice Cube Trace? Anyway. Some of Incorporated was cool, but it, anyway. <laughs> so Grant Morrison wrote this episode. Yeah, um, apparently and he did a wonderful job. Did great. In, in that regard, it's very restrained. You know, yeah, like I'm glad that he really stayed grounded. It doesn't go off the rails as much no. as you would expect. You know, it's just it, he, just the Wanda Detroit stuff. And it totally shows that he wrote it because we get Bibbo and the Ace of Clubs here. Like all of a sudden, <laughs> we're pulling this out of the comics, which is bizarre to me. But always, we need Wanda to go somewhere, I guess. <laughs> it's always interesting in superhero shows when they introduce a major thing in the comics mm-hmm. as a throwaway moment as a in whatever. the series as yeah. a like this exists right and like it, we it don't have to... dr hamilton as a regular on this show we have dr klein because they'd use dr hamilton as a throwaway whatever in an episode but they totally just used it up there and it's just yeah. it, i'm right there with you where it's just like it's i like what superman and lois is doing right now where like mm-hmm. they reference trask from this show every once in a while or in one of the episodes and it doesn't matter like that's something you can totally throw away and i'm sitting there going like oh and have to explain it to my girlfriend you know (laughs) yeah i like it when it's a nice little easter egg and sometimes it's fine like in this situation where like i'm watching it i know the series is over it doesn't matter whatever also this was like this predated so much of the superhero stuff that we've it's amazing they did it at all i guess right so when the ace of clubs pops up just once in a random episode it's like oh that's a choice (laughs) i see what you did there yeah i'm entertained by your decision (laughs) (laughs) but i think if i were watching it at the time i would have been so mad (laughs) <laughs> because I was so mad for like the first two seasons of Arrow where they were just throwing as many references at the screen as they could. Sure. Like Amazo is a boat. Like it's Amazo is a boat. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking of that. They just and then so and then they live long enough that it's just like I guess we'll do Amazo, you know, in four seasons from now or whatever. <laughs> so it, yeah, it's it's all the stuff that like they just threw at the screen, and I was getting so angry, and I I think I would have been the same way if I were watching Lois and Clark in 1996, and they were like, and now we're at the Ace of Clubs, and I'm like, why? What? Wh- why is now the time that you decide <laughs> why is to become a coming back? <laughs> Especially, like, we didn't talk about this earlier, but, like, why are you dealing with the comics now? Because you made the comics wait on the wedding again here. Or no, no, excuse me. I got that totally wrong. Part of why they waited on the wedding here is because the comics weren't ready. And they'd always said that, like, we'll do it together. Yeah. It was always going to be Lois and Clark get married in the comics at the same time they got married on TV. Yeah. So they had to wait. So maybe there was never, even in the three-episode version of this arc, there was never going to be a version where they got married and were happy after it. Which I also support. Like, I just want them dating. I just like <laughs> them dating and figuring it out. And this show called Lois and Clark has about five episodes that's that. Well, Smallville gives you plenty of that because even oh, when the series ends, they're still years. not married. Yeah, seven years of that. Technically. Right? Seven? Right? Seven years, yeah. She starts yeah, in season four. Uh-huh. There you go. And then he promptly gives up his powers. <sighs> Which... I know. I, I'm not going to complain about Crisis. I love Crisis. Anyway. No, I do too. Anyway, um, 
Yeah. So, one to Detroit. <laughs> one to Detroit. Um, can we talk about the fact that I like Terry's singing voice? I, oh, no. I, she's great. Yeah. She is she great. She got, the, like, um, terrible reviews when she started doing cabaret after the show. And I'm like, why? I'm sure she could do it. I, I would be interested to see what her cabaret performances were like. This song was good. It was also pre-recorded and she lip-synced. Totally. Um, so fine. No, it, that's totally fine. And if you are making a musical, you should pre-record your songs. And have Looking them at you, Les Mis. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say Tom Hooper. Um, yeah. But, but I wonder if her live singing is not quite as great as her fake live singing. I um, heard um, maybe this time that um, it was on oh, YouTube for a second. I don't know if song. it still is. I love Cabaret. Um, I would like to hear her sing the, you know, the title number, but um, I, I liked her uh, maybe this time. I, I thought it was like totally, like I, she apparently got slammed by critics and I'm like, I, seeing her act in stuff, you can, you can take away, you know, what she's doing and like what she's, you know, the, the material she's got. But like, mm-hmm. I think she's a fine actress. Like, I don't, I don't understand why she would get slammed for that. Yeah. I don't know. She was up against Liza Minnelli. So, hmm. well, there's that. Yeah. And <laughs> Natasha Richards. And like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't, I think her singing voice is fine. And I think this storyline is fine. Um, I, I find it interesting as like, the explain. I think the storyline is fine in not, not in this context. Okay. So, like, the... I hit my head, and now I've adopted this backup personality that Batman implanted in my brain, and... Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, and, and this thing. But, like, I like, I like little, like, what-if storylines of, like, sort of what is the version of you that would exist free of the current version of you. Right, right. Um, and I like, you know, just random, we're going to go off on this tangent for one episode, and then at the end... Well, and not in this case, but at the end, things will be back to normal. This is why we've met through a Smallville and Lois and Clark podcast, huh? It's interesting. <laughs> More than likely. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Continue, sorry. Um, but it's also, you know, as we were talking about before, it's also very Silver Agey. Um, yes. And sort of, you know, these random things that would happen. Um, I could see this as like the cover of a, you know, 1960s the you know superman's girlfriend lois lane comic that is mm-hmm. like lois is a lounge singer right um <laughs> and clark goes and's like oh no <laughs> exactly um so i do appreciate the storyline in that sense that like it's fun to watch in the context of the larger arc <laughs> of this insanity no this is very stupid it's really really rough <laughs> it's um very i'm dumb. totally with you i also love that that this this bar of vagrants like that feels like it should be at a roadhouse is totally into the cabaret act how does this trucker yes. know the guy that runs the lounge well yep. enough to give him a cabaret performer he's friends with bibbo he is <laughs> but like why i yeah i don't know um, is this I, is this a roadhouse and it's just a very interesting roadhouse and it's, it's and it's Metropolis, so there's some culture. You know, it's one Obviously. of those East Coast elitist roadhouses. Is Metropolis on the East Coast? We have this debate. Here all the time. it is. Oh God, here we go. Where is Metropolis? I know. I, I believe. I believe it is here. Um, in my no, mind, Metropolis and Gotham are both on the East Coast and New York. So, so it's just yeah, busy. There are versions like the DCEU version where it is that they are two sides of basically yeah. the same New York. It just hate it. Hate it. In my mind, um, it's in Chicago. Anyway. Anyway, um, we also get, like, 
let's talk about this. Her versions of Clark and Kent yes. in the Wanda Detroit story. Clark seemingly is Clark. He, she likes him, but he has a big secret. Mm-hmm. Uh, it turns out, though, he was knocking over gas stations. So, like, you know, like, not, not quite right. But, it like, is a noir. Yeah, it's that, it's that <laughs> dynamic in a noir. Whereas Kent seems, we don't get much about him in this episode, but he seems to be like Luthor and Superman combined. Like, just the man of her dreams is Kent. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably, like, this is the, the character that she wrote before she knew that Superman and Clark were the same person. Yes. And was season one in love with Lex Luthor. Like, yeah. Right. That makes so sense like, this me. is this Good amalgamation point. of this perfect man made up of Superman and the version that, of Lex Luthor that she thought she knew and like probably parts of Clark. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Suddenly this, all, maybe it's a great show. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's secretly amazing. Maybe it's perfect. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, but then we get, we get, a Lex and Clark team up where yes. like first Clark goes into his Wait, apartment and like, sorry. Lex, go ahead. Before we get to the Clex, the Clex, the Clex team Klex, up. Clex team up. Sure. <laughs> Before we get to the Clark and Lex team up, I have to talk about just very briefly, the sad montage. Oh God. <laughs> it sneaks up <laughs> on you. Which part of it? Cause I have the so many thing. notes on the sad but montage. But mostly the part, hold on. It sneaks up on you. It starts kind of slowly. Like, you know, there's just some music and we're seeing the different places that people are. And then, like, time is passing. We don't exactly know how much time. Maybe it's just one evening. But Maybe time months. Is Who it fucking could, knows? It could be years. We have no idea. She's in the same outfit singing on that stage. And so it could be the same night. It could be days. It could be weeks. It could be months. We don't know. Mm-hmm. It could be eons. Uh, they all look great for being a thousand years old. But Sure. <laughs> the sad montage and then it ends with Clark sitting on a balcony or something wrapping his legs up in his cape yup cause he's cold and sad it's it, it is totally it's that like it's the dark night or maybe it's Batman Begins shot where they're just like circling him in and he's up high and that's everything but it's, it's the Lois and Clark version of it it is just it's, it's a, such a sad montage also in this montage must point out we get Terry sitting at um, oh, I don't even know where she is. I guess Clark's apartment eating frogs. Wonderful. Clone <laughs> Lois. And we get John Shea in like a very gothic chair just looking mad and alone. You know? <laughs> he's formulating As, a plan. You know, like the bell had just, he just ran Bell out of the West Wing and he's just pissed. You know, like he's just. <laughs> it's just such a sad and melancholic montage set to a <laughs> 90s slow jam. To like, I don't know what. Did you watch the DVDs or like? Did you I actually have somewhere? the version on Apple TV Plus. Okay, I watched that version too, and it's got this god awful song replacement. Yes, that's just like so slow jam, but like in a depressed elevator. Like it's just <laughs> bad music. Um, I assumed the song was different. We typed I should sad have it up. into we typed sad yeah. '90s into our music catalog and just came out with whatever we could find. It's a bummer. What was it um, supposed to be? All right, let's do this real quick. No, I'm uh, doing the same thing. Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman will continue in a moment. So we've looked it up now. What it was supposed to be, and I'm not familiar with this song, but it was supposed to be an Elton John and Chris Ray song called If You Were Me, 
which I'm sure was better than this. I'm amazed we had Elton John money back then. I am shocked they had Elton John money back then. That's crazy. Now, that said, we had Pretenders money in the past. We had Bonnie Tyler. We had Eric Clapton. And we had R.E.M. money at one point. So, Oh, R.E.M. money in the 90s. Pretty good. Yeah, not bad. That's that's a network show right there. (laughs) We had network money. Yeah, R.E.M. money in the early 2000s gets you on the WB with uh, season three of Smallville. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway. But yeah, so just sad montage. I just had to talk about that before we got yes. to yeah, uh, so the funny. team up. Some wonderful shots. During um, the sad montage, yeah, Lexus you, had you were, you were right to interrupt me. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, uh, but now, yes, our Clex team up. Uh, it's crazy <laughs> to me how, how off the rails. Do you want to explain what Clex is? <laughs> It is me accidentally saying Clex when I went to say Clark and Lex because that's hard. Well, isn't Clex the, the ship for them, though? I have no idea if it is I'm or not. I'm pretty sure it's the slash ship for Clark I, and Lex. It's literally just me accidentally saying Clex when I meant okay. to say Clark and Lex. Um, you might have stumbled into something that's real. Um, no, I'm positive that it is now that you say that. Yeah. Anyway, um, like Lex has lost his mind. He's trashed Clark's oh, apartment. 100%. He's like graffiti on the wall. Start. Just like out of his mind. Um, it's funny to me that this is how Clark is, is meeting Lex really for the first time in this story. But then like very quickly, they're talking about Lois and how she's headstrong and spontaneous or whatever. And it's like, they're bonding for a second. It's so weird. They're bonding for a second over their mutual affection, except for the fact that Lex has this mutual, this, this affection toward Lois, like so misplaced. Totally. And also like, like all of his his thoughts are misplaced, but like instantly he's like, can't have Lois. I'll go with Wanda. That's fine. You know, like I kind of just want, just want that hot Terry person. Hatcher action. Yeah. Just Which keep just cloning me... them. Right. Just keep cloning them. You sociopath. Just go with it. This like literally the thought that I had was like, why doesn't he just keep the clone and not have to go through all of this nonsense? Yeah. Because you want you the real Lois. You could have fucked off to a mountain and lived forever <laughs> just with your Lois clones. And you'd never empire. see them again. Yeah, it'd be fine. Just, it just, I mean, he wanted the real Lois, but but, but only sort of? Like, did he right. think he could fix the I guess, Wanda Detroit part? Ultimately. I mean, he screws up. We get into him trying to put, spoilers, him <laughs> trying to put his and Wanda's, I guess, souls into another body via his manservant from the pilot in the next episode. So who knows where Lex is right now? Uh, maybe he thought that the process would remove the Wanda Detroit from her. I, fine. <sighs> the, sure. Yeah. Um, I do th- just one moment of glory in this mm-hmm. scene that I do like is, Clark, do you know how easy it would be for me to kill you right now? Probably. Probably not. You know? <laughs> like, that's, right. Like, that's he still fun. doesn't know. No. He still has no idea. For another 40 minutes. Yeah, for another 40 minutes, he has no idea that Clark Kent and Superman are the same person. So he yep. has no clue how easy it would be for Clark to kill him right now. But I guess, and I'm just like, I don't have this in my notes. I guess at some point, Clark explains the Wanda of it to him and the Clark and Kent of it. Because they go to the Ace of Clubs and Bibbo and... and trucker guy tried to beat up Clark, which is cute. You know, them just like constantly punching her. He's exhausted. They're exhausted at the end of it, not him. Um, but like Lex shows up just in time to 
Wanda and explains, oh, it's me, my love. It's, it's Kent. And gets her to come up with this, like, basically say the script to Clark in a matter of no time. Yeah. And she, she tells him, like, I just wasn't in love with you the whole time. I, I'm in love with Lex. And they drive off together. And, like, Clark, like, you know, the clone comes up to him and he's all bummed and he shoes her away or whatever. Like, it's just... To his credit, Lex Luthor plays it perfectly, I guess. Yeah, for the complete out of left field days of Crimea that it is. Like yes. somehow somehow this episode not this episode, but this arc managed to be two episodes longer than it was supposed to be, and also not long enough. And all- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, it's all just an asinine wrap-up to just keep it going for right. one more episode. We and to, to keep John around for another week, which I'm all for John Shay sticking around. But yeah, it's just a weird... I'm sorry, when, when I ended my rewatch last night, I'm like, huh, going to be a weird way to end this first podcast with Trisha, but here we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just sort of ends. And it is very much a mad dash to like, we have to end this part of it Yes, Without we have to reset the, the board thing. a bit. Yeah. Yeah. We have to get her back to Lex, but not set her right. Yeah. But also shoo Clark away enough. And it's going to keep going. Yep. For three more episodes. Congratulations, um. viewers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on that wet fart of an ending, um, <laughs> let's, let's talk about some stuff. So okay. I, I want to take both these episodes as mm-hmm. a whole here for a second when I ask these questions. But... Uh, is this the way to do this? Okay. B- both episodes together. What was the best use of Superman in here? Best use of Superman? Yeah. Like, you know, like in another episode, like he stopped the missile or whatever. You know, like, uh, no, was it's there definitely a good the moving the traffic out of the way. Of <laughs> You're their probably car. right. Yeah. It's clear. That is kind of the most boyfriend. super, the most super thing he does. Isn't that? It's either that or the looking at the ankle, but I think it's the moving the traffic. Ooh, you take you take moving the traffic. I'll take looking at the ankle. <laughs> okay, and then we're covered. Perfect. Great. Perfect. Um, all right, and again, taking them as a whole because we don't have to do both these separately. Were these good episodes for Lois? I think the second one was a better episode for Lois. Hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Like, and and I'm, I am conflating Lois with Terry here, but like oh, we get 100%. so many different shades of Lois. Yeah, and like, that's great. Like in terms of absolute like best use of terry hatcher are you using yeah. all of the terry hatcher yeah let's judge on that for this one yeah. yep totally was were was was these were these <laughs> a good episode oh jesus christ were these good episodes for clark the second one was a better episode for yeah. clark too yeah, this it's so weird like this it's just is it just that it's plotty garbage in the first episode yeah. with like two or three good scenes for them? I think it's just because it's plotty garbage. I mean, the first yeah. episode is a better episode for them as a couple. Yeah, that's true. Well, if they're together for yeah, one thing. That it's helps. actually Lois. Like. <laughs> they're in a scene more than once together. Um, <laughs> fair. Um, and I, like, I'm going to answer this first, but feel free to prove me wrong. Like, These uh-huh. are not good episodes for Superman. He, he mopes, but yeah. that's about... Yeah, he he stops the president clone Dr. Mamba whatever. But does he? Um, Lois mostly does. But does he? Yeah, good point. <laughs> and then, like even 
I love when he's got to do world crisis things. I think there's an earthquake or something, or maybe it was a hurricane that he has to like fly off and deal with yes. just to get him out of the way, just to let her get in jeopardy for a second. But like, yes. we get none of that. We get no follow up on it. It's not even on the news. You know, like <laughs> it's just kind of nothing for him. Superman being off saving the day right before their wedding also gave me my favorite Lois line of both episodes, which is her on the phone with his parents, just nonchalantly saying, tell him that Lex Luthor is trying to kill the president. just i'm leaving a message with your parents lex Luthor is trying to kill the president i have to go warn him i paged him but i don't think it went through i don't think he has his pager on the spandex yeah exactly on the back of the belt um (laughs) awesome awesome crap um okay so let's do this individually though okay we're gonna we're gonna rate these on a scale of one to ten so (laughs) let's look at i now pronounce you the, the nothing of a wedding episode. Mm-hmm. Where are you landing on a scale from one to 10? <laughs> yeah, I'll go first. Cause I, I okay. think I've probably rated episodes of this show more recently than you <laughs> yeah, um, or ever. Yeah. Ever um, I'm going to give it, it. This is not like, I like being positive about the show when I'm positive about the show, but I'm going to give it a six. It's just kind of, it's all a miss to me. It's not enough lovey-dovey for me. Yeah. It's not enough Jeopardy. It's just kind of bleh. Yeah. I was also leaning toward it like a six. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's, six all around. It's um, okay. <laughs> now for the standout episode of our, of our oh, two yes. some here. Double Jeopardy. Double, double Jeopardy. Um, where, where are you landing, Trish? I'll let you go first on this. I am going to give it like a 6.5 frogs. Yeah. Okay. Um, because it's got, it's got all the extra lex. Like the villain is so much better in this episode than it was. That's what I was, one. I was going to do the same thing, but for me, John Shea is always a full mm-hmm. point. So I'm going to go seven, gonna but, seven. um, but I, I, I think we're pretty much right, right aligned together there. Yeah. Um, oh my God, that was so much fun. Trisha. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> For no sitting here and talking Lois and Clark with me for so long. Like, it, it's it's just so funny to me when, like, you know, there's a lot of DC fans out in the world. But so few of us have, have interacted with this show at all. And enough that's, to sit here and be, like, clones and frogs and stuff. That's you know? shocking to me that so few have interacted with this show specifically. Like, I've seen the original Superman show, so. True, true. But, like, was, was it because, I'm guessing, like, this show kind of, like, bit you and then you jumped into it like what so this show we covered it um, a little earlier yeah this this show very much was like my first real interaction with superman as a character like i didn't see superman the movie until years later the Um, same yeah and i think if i had seen it as a kid i would have been bored out of my skull um just because the beginning is very draggy but so like this show this show was how I came to understand like Superman and Lois. And like, I knew about, I remember like knowing about Superman and knowing about Clark Kent, knowing about Lois Lane, but not really engaging with the material. So I don't entirely know how I knew what I knew about them up to cultural osmosis, you know? Yeah. Like like just, just absorbing it from society and the culture and like knowing stuff about them. And then, yeah, later on I did see, um, you know, Superman, the movie, and I never really watched the animated series. 
Um, oh really? It's great, but but also yeah, I've, it's great. I've watched it now. Oh okay, <laughs> not when I was a kid. Yeah, like so there are so many people who are like, yeah, I watched Superman the animated series, and I was like, never. I I don't know why, but I never watched it. I watched the X Men show and the Spider Man show, but interesting. You know, I didn't watch the Superman the animated series. Ex- or I wouldn't have, except for the fact that it was bundled with the new episodes of Batman, which was mm-hmm. my gateway to all of this. You know, like so that. I guess that made sense to me. Were you yeah. watching that? Did, had you watched Batman as a kid? Nope. Or I like never that? watched Batman the Animated wow, Series as a okay. kid either. Um, okay. I never watched Justice League. I didn't watch any of the animated shows, and I don't entirely know why. Um, but I had watched, you know, I had seen episodes of this, and then in high school, my friend was super into the show. Um, but I wasn't really, like, a comic book person until college. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So, like, I got into comics. Actually, I got into Smallville as a way of procrastinating senior year of college. <laughs> I watched all of Smallville in a month. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. What was all of Smallville at the time? All 10 was seasons. It, whole... it had just oh ended. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That's a month. Yeah. It was, <laughs> That's a heavy month. It was September. No, it was January of the year after it ended. Like Stockholm Syndrome. You must have recoiled when you saw Green in the real world. You know, it was just like... <laughs> So yeah, I watched all of Smallville really quickly, and then all of a sudden I was like, oh, I should read some of these comic book things. And like, <laughs> I knew bits and pieces about these characters, and again, I don't entirely know why I know sure. new bits and pieces about these characters. And then, like, mostly probably because my dad was a giant nerd, but um, but yeah, and then I just started reading comics because a friend of mine in the class was like, hey, the New 52 literally just started. I have comics you can borrow. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, so that's, and cool. so I got super into it and I watched, so I watched all of Smallville and I watched, you know, all of the movies and I had been into Batman before that and stuff, but Superman Returns, I did see that when it came out. Oh, I love that movie. Uh, yeah. I haven't love rewatched it. I really need to. Um, I love um, Brandon Ralph. People curious about my thoughts on that movie should go over to Always Hold On to Smallville. We covered it <laughs> last year. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I, I love that movie. Um, it, it, it holds up for me. Um, but I understand if it wouldn't for other people, like, you know, like I, it's, it's like this show where it's just like, if you hate this, I get it. But I it thought works it was for me. so stupid when it came out, but I hmm. wasn't, I wasn't into Superman yet. Yeah. Oh, oh then, then I get it. You know, yeah. like truly. That was like, that was when, back when I was an idiot who thought Superman was boring. Yeah, um, it's just and now the stuff I think Superman is, is still a little bit boring, but I think <laughs> that he's great because he's surrounded by awesome characters and everything else is cool. So yeah, there was just it's it's been an interesting ten ish years um, yeah, of okay. being you know really into comics all of a sudden and uh, so so quick check in and then I'll let you go. But like, yeah. are you watching Superman and Lois? I am not caught up because I'm not watching okay. it in real time, but I have watched a few episodes. Uh, it's great. Right? I'm really confused about the timeline, but it's really great. Me too. There's there's some there's some weird steps here and there, uh, but that's that's any show really. Um, yeah, I'm I'm into it too. Like it, it's enjoyable. The only thing I want is more lovey dovey Lois and Clark moments. You know, like yeah. that's that's what I'm here for. Yeah, and like so, I've only watched the first few episodes, but um, I mean, I think they're great and they're great together, yeah. and I think they're handling Lois really well, and that was my main concern. Agreed. You know, is that, oh, God, is this going to be a Superman show that doesn't understand Lois? Um, mm-hmm. And it, it does, and it's 
I love it. It, f- it. Besides the fact that they like plot force them into Smallville, everything else feels right to me. They I'm, they I'm plot so force them into Smallville, them. and that was so that was weird. But like even in Smallville, Lois is still Lois. Like I like that she. Spoilers, oh totally. If you haven't watched the show, uh, you know she quit the Daily Planet. Um, yes. That like that feels so true to Lois, and so much truer to Lois than it did to Clark in the comics when he quit the Daily Planet to become a blogger. Yep, yep, and and <laughs> just like knowing that, like, no, this place, it, like, I can't work in this place the way that I need to. So it's, I loved it, but it's dead to me. Yeah, and it's and it's so. At some point, I should probably try to pitch something about like the way that they're handling Lois and just being a journalist at this time. <gasps> yes, please. Yes, please. And like the like that. You don't necessarily have the ability as a journalist to walk away from this crappy job where you can't do what you need to do and go right. join a small paper that, you know, lets you write the things you need to, even though it probably shouldn't, because that's how um, other reporters have gotten <laughs> screwed in the past. Um, you know, I think that they're handling that in such an interesting way. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and I would read the shit out of that <laughs> if you write it. For so, someone. so please, um, Trisha, I yes. can't. Thank you enough. Like no this problem. has been wonderful. Been what fun. a wonderful like little meat cute of a ninety minutes that we've had together. <laughs> I had no idea Charmed was coming coming come out, but like listeners, you've heard some edits in this podcast here and there in the past, uh, you know, hour and a half. But that shit stayed in. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> the tangent into the world of Charmed. Oh, it felt so good. Um, uh- Trisha, Obviously, like, you and I have to start a Charmed rewatch podcast. Like, truly, let's do this between the this, this seasons. Like, I would totally <laughs> find an episode or two to watch, and we can, or like, just a topic, you know, like the just deaths of the Hallowell sisters. Jesus Christ. We should rank all the deaths. Um, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> or all the weddings. Um, but yeah, if you, if you want to come back for Charmed talk, you are welcome. Happily. Anytime. I will um, always talk about Charmed. Where can people find you and follow your writing and anything else that you're up to? Um, you can follow me on Twitter. That is the majority of where I exist. Um, cool. I am at Trisha Ennis. It's very difficult. Um, if you need to learn how to spell it, it's T-R-I-C-I-A-E-N-N-I-S. I tweet many things, and sometimes I get yelled at. Uh, <laughs> by, by famous people who shouldn't be yelling at people? Like, um, I can't wait till you piss off Dean Cain. Like, you'll have to pissed, come back. I haven't pissed off Dean Cain. And shockingly, I made it through this entire episode without talking about how much Dean Cain sucks now. <laughs> and how glad I was when he got killed off on Supergirl. But... Um, off screen too. Like off screen done. at a refugee camp. <laughs> <laughs> By right. Eve Tessmacher. Anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter. I tweet about a lot of things. Sometimes I tweet negative opinions about Zack Snyder films, and the Snyder stands get into my mentions and yell at me a lot. God, so, yeah, that's yeah. being trouble. Okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, well. Yeah, everybody, please please follow Trisha on Twitter, and I'm sure any wonderful Lois and Clark, right? Like I know the the one Lois piece you did is pinned to you at the top, but yes, uh, anything else that comes up, I'm sure you'll be tweeting about there. Yes. Um, as for us, I don't know why people plug stuff at the end of the shows because you're already here. Um, except I'll remind you that you can always uh, email us uh, Lois and Clark Podcast at gmail.com if you want to say hi, uh, or Tell if you had how an much idea. you love me rave about guests or if you had an idea about um an episode uh, if you interact with the show in a specific way um or want to hear about like a specific set of fandom uh i hope to do that more in between seasons um I have in a the meantime yes do your viewers want to hear us 
do dramatic readings of Clex fan fiction. <gasps> I don't give a shit if they want it or not. Like I would do that in a heartbeat. Because <laughs> I did. So look forward to that. Look forward to more charmed talk in the future between Trisha and I. And then next week uh, we've got uh, Zach Moore coming back to uh, talk about the end of John Shay's on-screen tenure on Lois and Clark. Um, but till then, I'm Matt Truex. I'm Trisha Ennis. Folk off, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.